0: Brothers and sisters, welcome to End Abortion US, one of our Priests for Life programs, and uh, I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director, and I'm joined here with one of our priest associates, Father Dennis Wild, who has been with us since 1998, full-time on the team. Father, great to have you with us on the set. Great, 25 years. Too. Oh yes, oh, all the great. different venues that you've traveled yeah, to. I'm sure many want. of the many in the audience right now Probably. have had you in their yeah. parishes or praying at abortion facilities or in their schools or maybe a pro-life concert here Which and is there. A wonderful <laughs> experience, and the, the, you know the, the wonderful
1: reward of all of this is the people that are so gracious. So so gracious, you know. They they work so hard to. Uh, plant the seeds and to let the thing grow and then invite and go from there. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Well, we're coming to our audience today on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe Mm -hmm. and we wanted to use that as a springboard not only for for prayer and I'll ask you to lead us in prayer but for a consideration in this program of Pro-Life Saints and and maybe we can ask your friends in the comments along with letting us know that you're here, let us know where you're from, let us know if you have prayer intentions but let us know who your favorite Pro-Life Saint is and uh, we, we, that's always fun for us to, to talk about. But we want to we discuss, in December, there's many different uh, feast days in the church's liturgy that uh, connect directly with pro-life. But would we, could we start with you offering a, a prayer for us? Sure. Okay. Lord God, we
1: thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the wonderful, enormous troop of, of saints over the period of 2,000 years that have represented in some way the cause of life, and certainly the faith in Christ and the understanding of the person. So Lord, we just ask your blessing upon us today as we continue and we bring more attention to the people for knowing the saints that are with us in our midst. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen,
0: amen. So one of the things, as you know, we do Here as a ministry, we have many different prayer campaigns, many different novenas. And we try to let the liturgical year teach people about our commitment to save the unborn. And and many of these saints are tremendous examples for us of doing that. And today, of course, Our Lady of Guadalupe, she's the patroness of the unborn. For, for those of our audience, I'm sure many of them are very devoted to Our Lady and know a lot about the story. But for those who aren't, give, give us a little intro.
1: Well, you know, Juan Diego was a, an older man, actually, at the time, but was a convert to the, to the faith. He was an Indian. Uh, Mexican at the time, and he received, of course, the messages I think most of you are familiar with the fact that Our Lady appeared uh, several times, and she appeared on the 9th of December, which actually in Spain was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Ah. We celebrated on the 8th, but that was the point. So she really uh, is uh, featuring herself that way as well. And at that hill in Tepeyac, which is on the north side of Mexico City, um, she appeared to him and um, told him he wanted to, to build a chapel. So he, wow, he's just enamored by this, and he goes down to the bishop to see the bishop on it. He couldn't even get in. The second day he goes (laughs) back, he tries it again. The lady says, "She says, why are you asking me? He says, because go to somebody else who's more humble, who's more, uh, you know, who's more, uh, not humble necessarily, but is capable of doing this, you know? She says, no, you were the one I chose. So he goes back, of course, and you probably know that uh, he was admitted that time, but the bishop wanted to see some sort of a a miracle, some sort of a, a sign. Hmm. and it goes up to the top of the hill to see her again, and um, he goes to pick up, she tells him to pick up the, she picks up the roses actually up at the top of the hill, brings it to, to him, and they are, they're Castilian roses. They don't grow in Mexico, and it's pretty cold at that time of the year as well. So all of that takes place, and he finally then uh, takes these roses, thinking that's going to be the sign for the bishop, he's going to really understand this because it's just, just, they don't bloom in the winter like this on top of a hill in Mexico City. And so he's bringing them back, and as he brings them back, thinking that that is the sign, he lets them fall to the ground with some other people in the same room, actually. And uh, the bishop doesn't look at the roses. He looks at the tilma, which is, of course, the vestion, the, the native vestment that the, the man has. And a vestment that really is not made to last too long, it's made out of a kind of a uh, straw-like fabric, and it would have dissolved in in 50 years or something like that. Well, that is the same tilma that the bishop looked at because it had, of course, the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we're familiar with that, of course, Our Lady of Guadalupe's image, Uh, but that is one which has so much in it, it's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because now in the 21st and 20th and 21st century, where they couldn't do this back in the time of 1532 when this took place, but they did it, um, they can look at it now scientifically and see that you look at the eye, the eye of our Blessed Mother in that tilma, In that they can come up you know, microscopically and see there are 13 people in that eye. So it's as if she is not just giving her image on the hill, but being with them in that representation in the room of uh, the, room with the yeah. bishop. So, wow. I mean, it's a beautiful story. And of course, from that, there's so much that happened, uh, you know, not too much long after that, the Battle of Lepanto, which was a very important battle in Europe that was off the coast of Greece, and they were fighting the Turks. Okay, so that it was gonna be, was it gonna be an Islamic Eastern Europe or were they, the Christians gonna win? Well, they prayed on that, and Pius V was the one who prayed on that and said, you know, offered, the rosary actually let's pray and finally um, they were outnumbered the christians tremendously in that naval battle and what the uh, captain had the his name was andrea doria some people may remember the actual ship that went down named after him back in the 50s but in any case his name andrea doria he had an image of our lady of guadalupe in his, in his, in his yeah, yeah. office. Yeah. So
0: she's pregnant. That, that's the, the, yes. the key thing. And she's, uh, It's uh, the and only image of Our Lady where she's pregnant. She's I pregnant. Think. There's,
1: uh. a, there's a black uh, band around yes. her, and that, yes. for the natives at the time, was a representation both of pregnancy and of virginity. Of, of, it was actually, of both. It was actually both. Yeah. 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 Which, of course, fits the bill completely with Mary. You know. Uh, so so she had that. And also, and on, on her on that. The actually the garb that she had, the stars that are on that, people say that they match the way the constellations were at that time mm. in Mexico. Mm. So the many different piz- uh, p- points on the imagery of her garb itself that be yeah. very helpful. Yeah. But but the point here, of course, it is Our Lady of the American Deception, and the, the little story there is that Bishop Zumagara, who was um, this is after the conquest of Mexico by Cortes. They were able to conquest and get rid of the um, the terrible um, the things that the, the Aztecs were doing. That is to say that the. Were, they were slaughtering people. Uh, again, this is a, a, a message, a pro-life message, because it ended a slaughter. Ended the human sacrifice. Yes, yes, human, yes sacrifice, human sacrifice. Exactly. Yeah, That's what was yeah. going on. They had to do that because of the, the sun. The, the history was that for the sun to keep moving around the earth, they had, he had demanded blood. This is a yeah. diabolic kind yeah. of thing. But in any case, all of that was gone. Uh, that was taken care of by Cortez and all the other Indian tribes that moved in with him to Tenochtitlan, which is Mexico City, and they were able to to conquer. But something was missing. They were not drawn to the church. And the bishop was Mm -hmm. really looking for this, looking for this, and looking for a sign. And that was the sign. That was the sign. That was the sign. And some five million people were converted to the church.
0: The work of missionaries. This was the unique thing. That image yeah. and all, like you said, all the symbols on it that teach the people uh, what was what was that was representing drew them to Christ. Yeah. And they was thirsting for hope because they had, like you say, they had a theology of despair that God was God was out to destroy the human race and they had to kind of hold him back from doing that the theology of despair, but, but Mary brings the, the, the message of hope that God is with us, right? That that's, simple that's gospel, that's God is with us. Here he is in my womb, because she's praying to him. Right. She's not just carrying him, she's praying to him. Yes, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And what
1: you just mentioned there about the killing, you know, that, that killing was something that was divinized, you know? It was not something that was just a, an accessory just, thing. Yeah. It was important for that killing to be part of it, which yes. shows the diabolical part. You know, of you know
0: it. it's bad enough when killing is justified. But like you say, this is, goes a step beyond. It becomes divinized, which, which why is so... Uh, you know, I had a special program the other night about these state amendments, you know, these constitutional amendments uh, to put abortion into the Constitution. And I pointed out on my broadcast, it's so disturbing, and we shouldn't let people buy into it, that they use the word enshrine. I know. What yeah. do you mean enshrine abortion? Abor-"? You, you enshrine the relic of a saint. You enshrine, you know, the wood of the true cross. You don't enshrine abortion. And yet they use that language. It says something, doesn't it, about the mindset of the other side? They literally well, do it, worship it is, the killing. That's right. It's, it's yeah.
1: Diabolical worship. Yeah. And, and it's uh, it's in there. Kevin uh, Burke has a very good article on that, as you know. On that and same that thing. Yeah. Something to really propagate too.
0: So Mary, Mary, our Lady of Guadalupe, pro-life movement, patroness today. Uh, you must. You know, we talked earlier for a moment about all the different trips you've made for Priests for Life since 1998, and and I myself since '93. And it's a um, frequent event where we would have the image of our Lady of Guadalupe, right? I mean, I remember being in South Texas. We went to like 40 churches in one week with the image. Uh, And then I came a second time. We did a similar thing. But then at different abortion facilities all around the country, you've prayed with with the image there in front of those places. I've seen it as well. It's very powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This one thing in Mexico. That's you don't you don't touch that. I mean, that's that's oh. their sacred. That's a wonderful thing. You find it in even taverns and other places. Though, like Guadalupe. Guadalupe is there now. Yes, However, we look right. at it. No, uh, but the, nevertheless, the devotion the devotion is very very strong. Yeah. I had the opportunity to preach down there. I preached it uh, in uh, Spanish for the at at the actual shrine. At the actual shrine. At at the actual yeah. shrine? Wow. And that was that wow. was great. And I was down there twice actually, and uh, did it. At, uh, and it was a wonderful opportunity. But then also visiting other people in the area, too. I had a seven-week uh, course in Cuernavaca, okay. which is a language school there. And, of course, I was working on the homily for that as part of it, too. But uh, the devotion is tremendous, and um, it, it's just a beautiful. And she's a lady of the Americas, too, you know? Not yeah, just Mexico, yes, that's right. America, you know, yeah. America. all the Americas. So, so we
0: have uh, various other days coming up. Now, of course, the Feast of Christmas is right around the corner. And they, they, that's, I mean, in its essence, is a pro-life feast, humanity being united with divinity in the Incarnation. This shows what God thinks of human life. So Christmas itself is a central uh, pro-life feast. But then we have immediately after Christmas, right in those days, right after, several very significant days. Tell us. First
1: we have St. Stephen, who was a martyr, and of course he was very strongly, you know, acknowledging Christ. Then we have also St. John the Evangelist, Mm -hmm. and then he talks about the word. In the beginning was the word. So recognizing even in the womb Jesus Christ was the word and he manifests himself to, which is a a pre-Christmas idea, but the idea of the visitation. When Mary visits Elizabeth, the word made flesh is already in the womb of Mary and conveys himself through the Holy Spirit to John the Baptist, because he jumps in the womb, right? Jumps in Mm, Elizabeth's womb mm, mm, as a beautiful thing. And then Elizabeth speaks out and says, how is it that the mother of the Lord? No question about what she's saying there. She's saying, Mary is the mother of God. Yes. No question about that. So when we have the Hail Mary, all of those things, you know, first the Annunciation, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Then when she goes to Elizabeth, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She doesn't say the word Jesus, but she just, that's the scripture ends there. And then we answer, Holy Mary, Mother of God. That's not something made up. That's Elizabeth saying Uh, that right in the scripture. So the word of God is already activating in the womb. And that's what John starts. Imagine
0: this, when she says the mother of my Lord, her Lord at that moment is an unborn child.
1: Is an unborn child, yep. It's, and a little unborn child. The, yeah, the baby, right. The baby in her womb is six months old. Yeah. And the baby in Mary's womb is just, a few days. Just started, womb, right. It's long amazing. long it takes to get from... Uh, from Nazareth to Ein Karim, which was near Jerusalem. So this, it's a beautiful feast that's one we we really should look at really much in in depth because you know there are four witnesses there to God in, in, a, in an unbelievable way. Yeah. But no the other uh, the other day that follows that right. of course on the 28th is the ah, holy innocence. The holy innocence. And that's after Christmas of course and it's yeah. the whole idea of of the uh, slaughter by Herod because he was jealous. So the motivation of this guy who wanted to kill was jealousy. Today the motivation is greed, I think in the industry of abortion. But regardless, that feast uh, is so beautiful because those little tiny children they estimate about 24 or so in Bethlehem at the time were slaughtered and Christ was rescued. Christ was rescued. You know, we have two major rescues in the in the history of uh, salvation. First one was Moses, who was rescued yep. from the waters of the Nile, and look what that brought out. And so the most important person in the Old Testament, and Jesus was rescued by the fact that God spoke through Joseph and got the message: leave, go to Egypt because Herod wants to kill the child. So that Jesus was rescued, and he went to uh, to Egypt. The words in there too that Matthew inserts in there. He says, Rachel weeping for her children, for they are no more. Now, mm-hmm. who's Rachel? Old Testament Rachel was one who was weeping in, analogously over the fact that the, the Jews, the Hebrews were taken into, into captivity. So her children are no more in that sense. She's not talking about her own children. But Matthew now uses that excerpt, I believe it's Jeremiah, yeah, and, and yeah. takes that and, and now uses it uh, in, in acknowledging the fact that the children are slaughtered now they're yeah. not in the womb they are born already, but they are they are a motivation for pro-life movement because yeah. it recognizes the injustice of that.
0: That's a powerful uh, series of passages because like you say it originally well of course Rachel was the one who said to her husband Jacob give me children or I shall die that's right, right. she was she was yeah. longing yeah. for for children and uh, and then she, Uh, her tomb the exiles were going by her tomb and so the prophet said rachel is weeping for her children and now matthew like you said picked up on that said now there are are yet more children that she is weeping for and now we bring that into the present don't we with our rachel's Rachel's vineyard Vineyard, rachel's vineyard and they women still weeping for their children killed by abortion
1: that's right and there's two words there and we, we can't stop with Rachel, we have to look at Vineyard the also. The Vineyard, yes. Because that's the hope, the hope that comes out of it. Vineyard right. is a place of growth, of right. new life right. and, and freshness and, and joy. And uh, so to recognize that in this whole thing, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, first of all, the, the children that have died, the mothers who have been hurt by that, weeping for her, their children, the bereavement, the, the sense of guilt, and all of that that goes into this abortion they can come out of that, and they do. And the beautiful thing of a Rachel's Vineyard weekend, which, which oh, changes uh, so uh, much. Uh, yeah. One of the most beautiful things I find, and you probably too, in, in priestful for Life is being on a, one of those weekends with Ra- yeah. Rachel's Vineyard. They have thousands all over the, country, uh, over the world, actually. Right, many, right, many right. different countries. Right. But that's one of the things is that, that you hear those people and the way they change in that weekend uh, from feeling alone to feeling others have done this, not celebrating it, but knowing it, that's a big factor. And then finally, at the end, to recognize the baby, to recognize and also to go beyond that. And then it brings them beyond that to stand up and say, I'm gonna be counted, I'm not gonna just be quiet right, about this, right, I'm gonna right, act. Right. And so that, to me, that that's the ferment of of, um, uh, uh, of missionary work, really. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, that's right. It's, it's a testimony to the to, to the life of those So children. the Holy
0: Innocents and then of course there's the Holy Family, right? Well,
1: that's the the fine feast of family the holy of family. all. Yes, yeah. it's the the greatest mirror of the Trinity really on earth, uh, the Holy Family. And in there we didn't mention Joseph yet. So Joseph is marvelous because Joseph is you know, he didn't write a book in the New Testament. We don't have a word of it. Right, right. It would but, be interesting but if there was. It the, <laughs> sure would. <laughs> There are many books on him, and I don't know how they can come up with so many beautiful ideas, but they do. (laughs) But Joseph was a protector. So the man's part in this whole thing, you know. Uh, He's the one who's protecting, should be protecting the child. And that's what he does throughout all of this to the point that he wonders, I'm sure, why all of this, but that didn't stop him from obeying the command of God to go ahead and do it even with Mary, the betrothal of Mary, mm-hmm. how did she become pregnant?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Was she gonna tell him that or was he gonna find out? No, he found out yeah. by a divine yeah. word. And yeah. then the second part of it is, is after he's born, well, we have to, m- we have to move out of here. And even before that, to go down to, to do the census right. and, and to be in that situation where he couldn't even house his spouse with a newborn child. So all of those things, he, he did what he could to be protector and he, of course, won on it but in a very humble way, recognizing God as the Father and He's the one that tries to imitate. You
0: know, one of the things I think about with holy family, it's a great occasion for us to think about the church's teaching about the family. And as you know, when John Paul II wrote the Gospel of Life, the key document on pro-life in the church today, he said one of the reasons abortion is a greater evil than other evils is that this is an act of violence. I mean, it's bad enough that it's an act of violence. It's bad enough that it's a killing of a baby. In any circumstance, that's a horrific evil. But here's a killing of a baby taking place within the family which is the sanctuary of life. That's the phrase that John Paul reminds us that the church regards the family as the sanctuary of life. And as you know, I worked at the Council for the Family. When you first came on board with reach right. for Life, we met over in Rome. And uh, I, 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 we always used to say at the Council for the Family at the Vatican, uh, no life without family, no family without life. The two are so oh, intimately yes. connected. And so it reminds us, first of all, of one of the reasons why abortion is, 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 like the bishops have said, the preeminent issue. And they continue to say that even now in this day of of so so much confusion. They still point that out. But secondly, then, the family being the sanctuary of life, this is essential for ending abortion, to get strong families and to realize this is not just a woman's issue, you know. And the other side says it's a woman's issue. Aren't they just isolating the woman from that family structure? There's got to be a faithful father there, hence the importance of Saint Joseph, and there's got to be open to life so you have children. I, 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 it, well, by, by talking about this just as a woman's issue, it, it just it isolates her, and that makes the problem worse. And notice the words
1: you're using with their side, woman. Yeah. You know, instead don't, of don't say that mother, mother. You know, right. mother. Oh. Certainly, husband, wife. That's yeah. a relationship. Relationship. Uh, woman is not a relationship. It's man, isolated. man is not a relationship. Right. Uh, they're good words. Right. They're, they're biologically good and fine and in many different ways. But oh. but we're talking about that relationship here. Because what does the baby do with that relationship? Normally, normally it brings them together. Even yeah, in the difficult it brings times. them. Yes. Now, the mindset, of course, it has to be seeing beyond their own comfort zone and, and to see what needs to be done in sacrificial love, love, which is, of course, what we get from the Lord. But uh, once that is there, that baby does so much
0: to yeah. bring that together.
1: Don't Not they? even being born. Already, That's right. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, wow. What a wonderful thing that is. You right, know? Right. And of course, when at Christmas, you know, we don't celebrate the Annunciation the way we should. Because he's hidden in the womb, you know. But that's when Christ <coughs> first came on earth, not yeah, at
0: Christmas. That was, that was the incarnation. But yeah. what are we
1: drawn to at Christmas? Ah, oh, the child, the little child. Remember that Christmas carol? So many things that I love, and this and that. But the most beautiful thing of all is the ch- the baby under the tree. Uh-huh. Now, again, that's a beautiful secularized way of it, but it does bring out what is the most important yeah, element, yeah, and it brings yeah. everybody together. That wonder of that little child. Yeah. what power that has. Huh? That's
0: right. We have a booklet talking about all these different pro-life saints for throughout the year, right? In the company of the saints. Company of
1: saints, Father. Done a, uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, series of books of uh, six of them, and uh, <clears throat> in different times and periods of coming through that. This is the last one, and uh, it's, it follows kind of the direction really of the way the church develops its whole, um, its whole understanding of faith, and the saints, of course they're not in the New Testament, they're not in the Bible, but they are in the tradition of the church. And what a wonderful gift that is that we have these saints that we can come back and look at and see what they have done, human beings in in the course of history. So this is a great little booklet and has a number of different people that are in there, not just for December, but it's the saints throughout the year. Looking at one right here in the middle, Maximilian Kolbe, Ah. who gave up his life for another person who was a father, and, for, and he, yeah. in fact, said, my wife, my, my children, I won't see them again. This was in the concentration camp in, in uh, Auschwitz. And Maximilian Kolbe gave up his life by substituting, which they accepted. They were so, I guess, uh, dumbfounded that somebody would even stand up and do this, the yeah. Nazis. They didn't care. How long as we kill that somebody? That's yeah, true. Yeah. Just. And then um, I'm looking at St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, also in Poland, uh, another one with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. is excellent. But also, Juan Diego we talked about, mm. and then Margaret of Castello. we didn't really oh, mention her yes, much, but yes. she was one who was uh, pent up in a, and, and uh, she was deformed. And because of that, this royal family that they, she was born into, they didn't want to have anything to do with her, so they just put her aside and pent her up on mm. the side of a
0: building. You often wonder, if, 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 if we were around and we knew that she was locked up in there would we have said something exactly i That's often ask we were, people yeah, that yeah. would we have spoken what would we have
1: done <clears throat> now's because now we time. do have to you know respond to that it's a lot of times we see these things and uh, I, I can't do anything about it. Well, some things we can pray mm. about only, but mm. other things we can take an action of who are yes, close to it. Exactly. Another one just to mention is Jana Beretta Mola. Of yeah. Course. I visited her daughter, and she was a priest for life. And I know she her, was, yes, that, at our you were, headquarters. You were there, and we mm-hmm. had lunch together, and we also were in Doylestown, and, and I remember she went all over the United States. But uh, she, we, She spent some time with us. I was on a pilgrimage in northern Italy uh, this past fall, and she spent a good half hour talking to her about her father. So uh, she was, uh, she's the daughter, she's a physician herself, but her mother was a physician. uh, But she was pregnant with uh, her after a lesion. Wasn't it a lesion in the first pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Then they said that that was not, shouldn't have another pregnancy, but she did. It's fine. She had that other pregnancy, and she there was ser- some serious problems that developed in that, but she told her husband, said, if there's a question of this, who, wins, who lives on this, make sure the baby lives, baby lives on this. Right. She did live, she was boor- uh, the baby was born, this, that's, the, that's the one who I visited, uh, but her mother died a few days after that around Easter. And uh, a beautiful, beautiful story. But her story is, is not just about pro-life, it's also about family. Yes, and and she makes a very big point of that when we talked with her. She's and it was just it wasn't about that she rescued the baby or that she is now born twice as she she puts it because it was the mother did it again uh, for her. But I mean in her death, but it's also about her father and so wonderful again triumvirate of a family. There were more people. Yeah, well, she was a
0: professional married woman. She was a doctor. She knew. She was a Catholic activist, and uh, she. was a faithful wife and in fact the love letters between her and her husband are part of the heritage the legacy the beautiful, of yeah. St Gianna so uh, well thanks father for this discussion and of course you are still available to uh, oh prolife and prayers get, get prolifeprayers.com yeah. people can find that booklet yeah. and all the other the prayers company that we have of his saint in, in the, the, company the company of, of his saints his, yeah. um And you're still available, of course, to travel and speak to people's churches, and And I do concerts as well. Yeah, I'm
1: doing a couple of the for Christmas at different places. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. So, speakerrequest.com, people can go to to uh, you can all go. If you want to request one of us to come and speak, Father Dennis, myself, Janet or any of one of the other members of our team, including Alvita King, we have a great Speakers Bureau, speakerrequest.com. Let me so, me father- give you mine,
1: if you don't mind. It's just priestforlife.org, which is the main thing, and then forward slash fr, father Fr. Wild. And that'll give you a lot of information, my homilies, a lot of my excerpts from playing as well, and, yeah. and other insights too.
0: Yeah, Here. excellent. Would you close us in prayer? Sure. May
1: the Lord continue to bless all those who are struggling at this time at Christmas, especially those who have, who have lost a loved one and those who are perhaps recovering from their past abortion, may they feel not the darkness not, nor the cold, but the light and the warmth of Jesus Christ, who comes to us each year in another way to give us new meaning and to give us new life, for he is Emmanuel, God with us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you, remain with you, and give you peace. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and have a happy and wonderful Christmas.
0: Blessed Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Tune into our broadcast each day, and God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.